sweet Jesus, you're the wind beneath my wings. Sweet Jesus, you're Shall my melody. Father, in the name of Jesus, Sweet Jesus we thank you for loving us. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for liking us. We thank you for preferring us. We thank you that you bore our nature of sin, that we might bear your nature of righteousness. We thank you for making us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a called out people. We thank you for making us the light of the world, the salt of the earth, in a city set upon a hill. We thank you that you have not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have given us the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. We thank you that you have given us the spirit wherein we are qualified to say, Abba, Father. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. We thank God for the gift of life and we thank God for this opportunity to share in his word. And all too soon, we are at the end of our last episode for the series, Let This Mind Be In You. And I hope that by now we have all memorized Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. That let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we would like to invite Bene, even as she takes us through the final episode of this series. Bene. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate God and I pray that Christ be exalted. So as Sam said, today is our final episode on this series, Let This Mind Be In You. And it's my hope that um, God teaches us something nice about Jesus, which will lead to his glorification and our good and benefits. Um, first Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord, that he may exalt you in due time. So before I ended um, last week, I remember mentioning the difference we can make between the character of the devil and that of Jesus Christ. We mentioned that Jesus Christ was um, God, he was creator, but then he was willing to become a creature or a servant. He was humble, he did not cling to um, positions and titles and places of power, but then he was also selfless and as a form of his humility, um, he came down. Satan also is proud, and although he was a creature, he wanted to assume the position of God or the creator, and he clung to positions and titles, and he even wanted what was not his. So when we read um, Isaiah 14, 15, it says that, but you were brought down to the places of Hades, down to its lowest depths. And here we see the humiliation of the devil or how he was cast down from the high that he was. And so based on this scripture, we see the casting down of the devil. But so today we are looking at Jesus Christ, the contrast between the results of their characters or the results of what they did or the life they lived. And so today our scripture will be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can read with me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Therefore God has also exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So um, Paul begins by saying, therefore, which means that he's referring to the previous verses, um, the account of Jesus Christ, what he did, how he humbled himself. And as a result of his humility and his obedience, these are, um, let's say, his rewards or what God is giving to him um, as a reward for his obedience and humility. And so God is exalting Jesus Christ based on these acts of humility and obedience. And I remember my primary teacher, he used to give us this quote that the way up is down and the way down happen so if you want to find your way up if you want to find your way um, in the place of exaltation you have to start by being humble you have to start by being down and if you want to end up down or if you want to end up being humiliated or cast down you start by being proud or exalting yourself yeah exalting yourself in arrogance and pride and so as we've learned from last week about Jesus' humility and obedience, we can see that it's not easy. It's difficult. Sometimes it hurts your pride for you to humble yourself or lower yourself. But then we should also know that it's very, very rewarding, even though it's very difficult. And we can see even in our Christian life, a lot of things that God tells us to do, a lot of things that God requires um, of us, is not very easy. Hebrews 5, 8 says, Jesus Christ, who was God. When he came down to the earth as man, he learned obedience through suffering. So Christ, in his humility and obedience, he suffered. So we shouldn't expect um, something less. So you should psych your mind and know that in your work um, to become obedient, in your work to become humble, sometimes, and almost all the time, it will require something from you. It will cost you for you to be obedient to God. It will cost you for you to be humble. But you should know that the reward far outweighs the cost. So you should try as much as possible. You should make up your mind, as Sam told us last week, that we have to make ourselves humble. You have to be conscious about being humble and being obedient to God. And so... We continue with the verse. We continue with the verse. So it says that uh, Philippians 2.10. Therefore God has also exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that as the name Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And so and when we talk about names, names confer, let's say, authority. So... Um, I remember I once said, I'm not so much into football, but I once said that there was a player who has a name, it's called Jesus Gabriel or something here. So the name Jesus is actually common. A lot of people in Israel and a lot of people who have Jewish background have the name Jesus. But what distinguishes or what differentiates them, um, the Jesus who is a footballer from the Jesus we are talking about, is the office or the place of authority or the title the Jesus we have has. And the Jesus we have has a title or an office called the Christ. So whenever Christians mention Jesus, we are referring to the Jesus of Nazareth who has an office called 
Christ. So we call him Jesus Christ, not because Christ is his surname, but because Jesus Christ has an office or a place of authority called Christ. And we can see it with our um, with our, uh, our president. His name is Nane Kufuado, but the place he occupies or the place of authority he occupies is the president. So we give him the excellency, Nanado, not because um, excellency or his excellency is his name or president is his name, but because of the place of authority or the position that he occupies. So the Jesus Christ we are professing has an office called the Christ. So when we as Christians mention the name Jesus, we are referring to the Jesus of Nazareth, whose office is the Christ. And the Bible is saying that at the name of this particular Jesus, every knee bows of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And so you can see that the Bible is not just referring to, let's say, um, creatures, just creatures in um, heaven, creatures on earth, or creatures even under the earth. It um, talks about totality, whoever you are, wherever you are, whether you are angels, whether you are demons, whether men or creation, at the name of Jesus, all these vows, they all give submission or authority. They all submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. So you can see how Jesus Christ or how Jesus has been exalted. And so he has the supreme power. He has the supreme authority. And we can also compare it to our earthly places of authority or titles. Like um, Ashanti's know that Asantehini. And so Asantehini has a particular name. His name is not really, his actual name is not the Asantehini. But because of the place of authority he occupies, we give him Asantehini. And sometimes the name is, let's say, Otu for the first, Otu for the second. And so when you look at these man-made places of authority, they are temporal. You go, you occupy that place, but then it's temporal. At a period of time, you die and you go and you are removed from the authority and another person occupies that place of authority. That's why we have, let's say, Otun for the first, Otun for the second, Otun for the third. But this Jesus Christ we are talking about, he is Jesus Christ. He will forever be the Christ and he is always the Christ. There is no one who can ever ascend the place of this Christ or there is no one who can have the name Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, or this Jesus we are talking about, is the Christ forevermore. No one can ever assume his position and he can never be removed from his position. Amen. And so um, there's this funny question a friend asked me some time ago. He said that, um, let's say you are in a trust, you are in a church or with a fetish priest. And he says, driver, please alight me here before the accidents occur. So as a devoted Christian, what will you do? When he, when my friend asked me, I was actually thinking about it. I didn't really know what to say, and I didn't want to ask spiritual to say, "Oh, I'll pray or stop speaking in tongues or I'll rebuke the fetish priest." But then, when I thought about it carefully, got some time, I realized that my fear, or let's say, if I was, if I found myself in that particular position, my fear would be because I actually believe that the devil's power is more potent than the power. Jesus Christ has. But then if we come to know that 
the place of authority, the power that Jesus Christ has is far more potent, is far more powerful, is far more supreme than the devil. We will not take the word of the fetish priest and panic or let's say, but then we'll actually believe in our God, Jesus Christ. And so a lot of people believe that the devil is more potent in power than Jesus Christ. And it's true that the devil is powerful. He has authority and all that. But as compared to Jesus Christ, he's helpless. The devil can have all his power, but then immediately you put Jesus Christ before him. He stands no chance and then he's actually helpless. And so Jesus Christ is more powerful, is more supreme. It has a, a place of higher authority than the devil. A lot of times we say it with our mouths, but then in our hearts, we do not believe that Jesus Christ is actually more powerful than the devil. And a lot of times I used to panic as well. I used to have a little fear. Let's say you are alone in the dark. You have, let's say, thoughts about what's going to happen and all that. But then when I came to understand that Christ is actually more powerful, he has a higher place of authority than the devil. I learned to know that the devil has no power over me and he has no place in my life and there are lots of unseen battles that God fights for us all the time if our eyes were to be opened um, as to how the devil is helpless as to how the devil is unable to touch us we would then increase our faith to know that truly Christ is more powerful Christ has a, a higher place of authority and that truly at the name of Jesus Christ even the devil bows in submission to the authority of Jesus Christ. And so um, I like this very, this particular scripture, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 to 14, and I'm reading it. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. And so Christ has a higher place of authority than the devil. He has a higher place of authority than any, anyone. And the Bible says that every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. The title Lord speaks of let's say respect and reverence and also means that um, when we say someone is Lord overall, it means that the person is the owner of all or the master of all. And so even the devil acknowledges that Jesus is the master of all. Even the devil acknowledges that Jesus Christ is the owner of all and the devil gives due respect and reverence to God. James chapter 2 verse 19, it says that you do believe that there is one God, 
and it is true and even demons believe and they tremble they tremble when demons are in the presence of Christ they tremble and so you should have faith and you should be assured in the God that you serve Jesus Christ who has a higher place of authority who has been exalted to the highest place of authority and you should know that if he has the highest place of authority if he holds all things if he is the owner of all things and what's more the most beautiful thing is that he actually loves you and cares for you and so what do you have to worry you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to fear anyone especially the devil or demons or whatever part because the one you serve Jesus Christ is higher and more powerful than them and the most wonderful thing is that he doesn't just have power over them he loves you and he cares for you and so he will use whatever means he, he can possibly use and he will use whatever power he has to protect you and to make sure that you are well taken care of and so um Jesus Christ is exalted to a place of honor and it's not like he wasn't exalted as God because you can't get any um, bigger than God or you can't get any higher than God. God is the highest. And so Jesus Christ wasn't exalted because he was God. He was actually exalted as man. And so as man, he was exalted in that he died, but then he rose again in his glorification or in his exaltation. He, he was shamed. He was mocked. And uh, we are learning that those who mocked him, the, the devil thought that he was actually defeating Christ on the cross, but through the cross, the devil was shamed. And so Jesus Christ, who was humiliated, was now given a place of high authority. And now he's even the ruler of those who mocked him, the ruler of those who conspired to kill him. And so he was also weak, but then he has been made strong. And so Jesus Christ has been exalted to a higher place of authority. And as I said, he wasn't exalted as God. He was exalted as man. And so let us look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. And we should know that as Christians or as members of his body, which is the church, we share in his exaltation because the Bible says that if we share in his suffering, we will also be glorified in his exaltation. So as Christ has been exalted, the church or you and I, we have a part in the glorification of Jesus Christ. And so Ephesians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, it says that, which he worked in Christ, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. So when Jesus was exalted as man, he carried the church along. And so he became head over all things for the church. That's why Paul can boldly declare in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, I think 6 or 16, and he says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places because when Christ was exalted as man, he carried you and I along in 
if we shared in his suffering, we are also sharing in his glorification. So you should know that Christ really um, has done so much, not just for himself, but then for you and I as his church. And so we can clearly see um, from Philippians chapter 2 what Paul was saying and what he was telling us to do. He said we should have this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he said that do nothing out of selfish ambition. And we can see that Christ was not self-centered. All that he did was because of you and I. He wasn't thinking of himself when he lowered himself or when he humbled himself to become like you and I. He was humble. Christ humbled himself. And so um, he also esteemed others. He also esteemed you and I better than himself because we are like sinners. We are sinners, but then he esteemed you and I sinners better than himself by neglecting or less forsaking all that he had and coming down to the earth to die for you and I, to suffer for you and I. And so this is what Paul is telling us or teaching us to adopt or to learn from or to have the mind of Christ, which is the mind of humility and selflessness. And as I said, if you are humble, it's not because you wear modest clothes. Your humility is not just in your appearance, but then it's in your state of mind or your, your mental disposition. So you have to make a conscious effort to adapt Jesus's way of thinking or his attitude which is an attitude of humility and selflessness and um, a few days ago i went to town to buy a few stuff in church we were having car service and we were also supposed to present gifts so you buy or and you wrap um, a very nice present and you give to you a friend or let someone you would want to give the gifts to. And so I went to town to buy very nice things for my friends or people in the church. And I remember that um, it got to some time, the money I had saved, let's say for weeks, I think I had been saving for weeks, they all got finished. Like I had barely 10 cities on me. I had, let's say, a, a little more than my transport. I was in the scorching and I was really, really struggling going to buy what I want to buy and then I had spent all my money too but then the small I envisioned um, um, of the people who I would give the gifts to encourage me to go on and so even though I had spent all my money even though I was so tired in the scorching sun I kept going and then because I knew that if I give this particular gift to this particular person the person will have a smile just the smile of that person kept me going and I think that's what Jesus Christ felt this is an underestimation though but I think this is what Jesus Christ felt when he decided to come down to die for you and I it wasn't just the mere exaltation or he having the name which is above every name or having every need to bow before him and every time to confess that he's Lord he had that before because he was God he had the highest place ever but the reason why he did this was because he envisioned you and i who were so so much in our sin so much in bondage he envisioned you and i smiling because we have been forgiven and so christ did all that he did because of 
a very special reward. And it wasn't just the mere, I would say mere, even though it's not mere, it wasn't just the exaltation, but then it was a reward of seeing you and I smiling and knowing that we have God as our Father, smiling and with joy on our faces because of forgiveness. A lady evangelist I listened to, she says that I do all that I do because I want Jesus Christ to receive the reward of his suffering. And you should know deep within you that the reward of Jesus' suffering is not just the exaltation, but it is because of you are his reward, the reward of his suffering. And so do all that you can to make Jesus proud because he did all that he did for you. He had the place of honor. He had the devil bowing before him, even before, before, but then because he envisioned that one day you will smile, one day you clap your hands and say, Jesus has done well. One day you smile and then you have forgiveness of sin. One day you stand up and boldly declare that I am a child of God. That's why he died for you. And so if you are saved, continue to press on, continue to do all that you can to please him because you are the reward of his suffering. When he sees you do good, when he sees you smile and enjoy the gifts of salvation, he's happy. He says, this is my reward, your smile, your joy in Christ, your being um, aware that you are loved and sharing in the forgiveness of sins and enjoying the generosity of the Father these are the reward that Jesus Christ longed for. And so Hebrews to say that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So Jesus Christ was enduring. Jesus Christ went through all that he did. He suffered. He, as some said some time ago, it's like he was a human becoming ghost. He did all that he did because he knew that one day you will smile and one day you will not go to hell, but you will enjoy eternity with the Father in heaven. So I'm encouraging you that when you feel like giving up in your Christian faith, know that Jesus Christ is he's watching you and he's longing for you to rise up because you are his reward. Imagine Jesus Christ dying and then going through all the suffering and all the pain and having no one to be called, let's say, a Christian or no one to um, see in heaven. It seemed as though like the work of the cross will be in vain. And so know that you are very precious to him. He loves you. That's why he died for you. And also, if you are here and let's say you survived this year, I think this will be the last podcast before we end the year. If you've survived this year without receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord, I encourage you and I tell you that you may not survive the next year without receiving Christ as your Lord. And so I encourage you that Jesus did so, so much for you. I'm not sure anyone, any person, any man would ever do what he did for you. And so give your life to him, accept him, accept his lordship over your life, profess faith in Christ Jesus Christ. I did some time ago. I've never regretted it and I know you know not regret it because God is a very, very faithful God. Thank you. I'll end here and some will continue. Amen. Amen and amen. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and giving him a name above 
every other name, every other name, that at the name Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess the Lordship of Jesus to the glory of God the Father. Paul told Timothy that to give yourselves till I come to the reading of scripture. Just reading the Bible alone is it's, it's really refreshing. We shall invite um, Abena, even as she gives us a commentary on what you have studied tonight. Abena. So James chapter 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Another version say, and he will exalt you. On our previous episode, we spoke about Jesus' humility and his submission to God's will. I hope we all remember that. Um, Let's take a perfect example of someone in the Bible who also exhibited such humility and was exalted by God. And he is Joseph. And one thing about Joseph was that he always saw the hand of the Lord in everything that he did. Or everything that happened to him. Through his brothers selling him, being a servant in Potiphar's house and him going to jail. He always saw the hand of the Lord in it. And after humbling himself and submitting to the will of God, God exalted him, and he became the second most powerful man in Egypt. And as Benet has already said, Jesus, or even from the verse, like we all read the verse, Jesus was exalted to the highest place of authority. And this was because he was humble. He submitted himself to the will of God, not as God himself, but as man. And Jesus ended up ruling all those who mocked him, who spat on him, who mistreated him just before he was crucified. And if you look at the story of Joseph to his son in Genesis, you also see that he ended up ruling over his brothers who sold him in the past. And this was even revealed to him in a dream many years ago by God. Humility to God might seem difficult sometimes, and sometimes you might feel like it's a waste of your time and energy. But from today's discussion, we know there's always a reward far greater than even the time and energy and all that you are putting in or the effort you are putting in to be humble. And I want to end with this, that humility is often misunderstood as a weakness, but it is the exact opposite. Being humble to God places us in a position to receive God's grace and become everything he wants us to be. And everything God wants us to be exalts us one way or another. God never puts us at a place like final, final. Your final destination is never, ever the bottom. He always places you at the top. So let's always remember that as we submit and be humble in all ways to God. Thank you. Thank you too. God God bless you so much. We would invite Benji to give us his commentary. Benji. Okay, so thank you very much for this opportunity. I believe today's study has been quite interesting and I've learned a lot and I would like us to learn something more from what we've studied so far. And I think it's very expedient that we get to understand scripture. And as Sam said, that it's quite refreshing to even just read the scriptures. Um, I think in the beginning when Bennett started with the study she spoke about um, is it a saying that their primary teacher usually told them that if you want to go up then you have to go down and it's very interesting 
to know how this principle is actually scattered in the Bible or in scriptures. Yeah, because even Jesus Christ said, if you want to live, then you have to die. And it's always like for the kingdom of God, you always have to do the opposite in order to get the return of the other. If you want to receive, then you have to give. Um, if you want to be exalted, then you have to humble yourself. And, and why it is that way, but we cannot understand the ways of God because his ways are higher than our ways and then his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. For today's study, I think we looked at uh, the name of Jesus Christ being exalted above every other name. And this scripture is very, very interesting because a lot of us Christians, we usually tend to misconstrue the meaning of what the scripture or what the Apostle Paul was trying to communicate. And most of us try to put our own, should I say, thoughts into what the scripture was trying to say. When I look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, yeah, it says that that at the name of Jesus, where most of us usually put the word that at the mention of the name of Jesus, which is quite different. The two have different uh, meanings. And, yeah, the two have different meanings. And I think there's a song that has that phrase that at the mention of the name. And it's because most of us don't actually want to sit down and then read the scriptures. So we usually take what we hear from people and most men of God and then we just go with it. So I'll just entreat us to um, sit down for ourselves and actually study the way to know it for ourselves. That we would um, avoid making errors in studying the scriptures. Yeah, so he said that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And I think in the book of Mark, if I'm right, Jesus Christ was speaking about how as believers in his name, we are going to cast out demons and do a lot of mighty things, speaking thanks and a whole lot. Yeah, but it's very interesting to know that sometimes you see someone ministering, let's say, deliverance, and maybe the person will be mentioning the name of Jesus Christ about multiple times and it looks like it's not working. And sometimes you don't know what is actually happening. I want us to look at the scripture in the book of Mark chapter 1, verse 24. When you read the scripture, Jesus Christ was approached by a man who was possessed of a demon. And this is what the man with the uh, demon or unclean spirit said. He said, see, um, let me start from 23. He said, and there was a there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, sorry, I know thee, I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Yeah, so even the demon was actually using the name Jesus Christ. Sorry, the name Jesus. That's actually the name that is supposed to be used to cast out the devils and maybe some people make an argument that this was before the name was actually exalted but when you read from the book of acts the book of acts chapter 19 verse 15 that was speaking about the sons of skiva the demon actually said that um, jesus i know paul i know but who are you yeah so this is after jesus christ or the name had been 
exalted and given that office as Lord. Yeah, so power and then authority is not just how loud you are able to scream the name Jesus Christ, but it's about how you are able to acknowledge or the light you have behind the Lordship of the name. And when you read the book of Psalms 110, verse 1, David was prophesying and he spoke about it, that the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies as a footstool. So we were speaking about the coronation of the name Jesus Christ. So it's the power is not in just the name Jesus, but actually in you being able to acknowledge the light of the Lordship or the authority that God gave to the name Jesus Christ as Lord of Lords. Yeah, so it's very expedient that we get to know this. So it's not just about um, shouting the name Jesus or speaking it multiple times. That is when the demons are going to respond to you because even the demons can actually say the name or use the name and nothing will happen because they don't have or they don't acknowledge that understanding of the name being used as Lord. Yeah, but the name becomes powerful when you're able to acknowledge or you're able to know the light behind the name as the Lord of Lords. Yeah, so I just want to entreat us and encourage us to continue studying the word and then just as we learned tonight, we should continue to stay humble. Yeah. Because humility is going to take us places. And just as Proverbs said, that God is going to always reject or resist the proud, but is going to give grace to the humble. Yeah. So it's very expedient that we get to, or we allow the Holy Spirit to work on us because most of the times when we are excelling in our ministry, when things are going on well with us, that is the time that we tend to puff up with pride and then do what we want. But I'm just imploring us that we should, with the partnership of the Holy Spirit, learn to be humble so that the Lord would exalt us in due time. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen and amen. God bless you so much. Um, we will invite Baba to give us a commentary. Baba. Okay, thank you very much. I want to say that all what Paul is saying from verse 5 downwards can be summarized in what we've learned today. He's given us a more reason as to why this mind should be in us because our Jesus is Lord over all the earth. As a matter of fact, there may be several lords around, yeah, but they are limited as to their domain and, and their area of operation. But our God is different. Our Lord Jesus is different. He is Lord over all the earth and over everything within the earth. As a matter of fact, at his name, peace are bow and tongues are confessing. So this is Paul opening our eyes to who our Lord is. That is why our mind should be like that of Christ. So I believe that we should all plead for grace and then make it a conscious habit to live like Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you so much for your comment. Um, the blessing comes not in hearing the word, but the blessing comes in doing the word. It comes by hearing, but the blessing 
or the results of the word comes by doing the word. It's interesting that many of us have quoted this scripture. We know this verse, we say it severally, but the essence of us knowing this verse is not just for information, but it's so that the truth in this word or in the verse can produce results every day of our life. So I remember I said, under why the wilderness? That when God is telling you something, he's not informing you. God has no interest in telling you how powerful the name of Jesus is. <laughs> he doesn't need you to know that information for anything than for you to be able to use it for your advantage. So Paul, through the passage of scripture, is not just informing us about the swag of Jesus. Actually, after he did this thing and this, this is what he got. But the reason why Paul is giving us this information is because through the agency of the word, he's giving unto us advantages to live this life in. So as a Christian who has access to the name of Jesus, it becomes sad that we are one of the most disadvantaged people. What is the essence of having access to such a name when all the knees and the tongues in your life are not bowing down and are not confessing respectively? We quote this scripture, we sing this scripture, the name of Jesus higher than other names. But there are many knees in our lives and there are many tongues in our lives that are not bowing or confessing the Lordship of Jesus. The essence of us learning these things, the essence of Paul giving us this information is because he's giving us access. If Paul didn't write this scripture down, we would have known that we have access to the name of Jesus. And the reason why we have access to the name is so that we can use it for our advantage. But it's so sad to see how disadvantaged we Christians are. We just want to spend some time in prayer. The entrance of his word gives light. And immediately light enters into a place. It doesn't need to tell darkness anything. The, the, the mere appearance of light in a place automatically means the exit of darkness. And Paul has given us a light to light our life. And that light is the name of Jesus. And this light should expel every darkness out of our lives. We want to pray to God and Father, may the reality of this word be made alive in us. May the reality that Christ has been exalted and he was not exalted alone, but he raised us up together with him. And he made us sit together in heavenly places. And it's interesting in the choice of words. He says, far above. Now, Jesus said he's coming soon. He said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is in my hands. Now, the coming quickly, you know, it has taken at least 2,000 years. So you can imagine what he's now saying, far above. <laughs> but you see, many of us are not enjoying the riches of what Christ has done for us because it is just a mental information. We have not become one with the word. We have not come to experience the light of the word. We just want to pray for grace that Father, take us to that place where we become one with the word, where this word begins to produce result in our lives. The Bible says, Jesus gave a parable that a sower went to sow forth seeds and this evening we have come to sow forth seed. And But it's sad that some of the seed will not fall on good soil. Therefore, they're not able to produce good results. And even those that fall on good soil, some produce 30, some produce 60 and some produce 100. We want to pray that God grant us the grace that we may produce a hundred bucks full of the reality of the name of Jesus. We 
we cannot be disadvantaged in this life because we have the name of Jesus. We cannot be failures in this life because we have the name of Jesus. Disease and sickness cannot reign in our bodies because we have the name of Jesus. We cannot be the product of conspiracy and failure because we have the name of Jesus. We cannot be the product of disgrace and downward because we have the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that may the reality of this name be made alive in our lives in the name of Jesus. That daddy from henceforth we live in the reality of this name. That every door that is meant to be open opens because of the name of Jesus. Because this name has given us access to anything in the heavens, to anything under the heavens, to anything on the earth, and to anything under the earth. Father, we thank you for this name. We pray that we will use this name whenever we face any obstacle. We pray that we will meet you will use this name whenever we meet any need. We pray that we will use this name when we meet any tongue. Father, we pray that we would soak in the reality of this word. We would produce a hundred back home of the reality of the name of Jesus. We cannot be disadvantaged in this life. The lines are falling onto us in pleasant places. Even as we are coming to an end of the year, Father, you crown our year with love and kindness. We eat the good of the land. We enjoy the generosity of the Father. The Lord is our shepherd. We have no wants and needs in life. Our cup runs over. We walk to the valley of the shadows of death without no fear because God is our shepherd. Goodness pursues us. Mercy pursues us. We end this year with laughter. We end this year with goodness. We end this year with good news. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we end this year with a blessing. We are a blessing to others even in this season because we are children of God. We thank you that the blessings of Abraham are ours. We thank you that we will arise and build. Just as Neymar told the people, that arise and build that the God of heaven would prosper you. The God of heaven prospers the year 2021. The God of heaven prospers our going in and our coming out. We can never be disadvantaged in this life. We can never be at the bad side of life. We can never be at the negative side of life because we have the access to the name of Jesus. We thank you for this privilege ah, that every door opens because we come in the name of Jesus. We walk in the corridors of power. We walk in the corridors of authority. We walk in the corridors of royalty because we have access to that name. We thank God for this opportunity in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. And amen. God bless you. And God crowns your year with the good news. So please the end of this series. And next week we'll be beginning a new series a very interesting one. I'm, I'm really excited. Thank you for being around and thank you for staying around even in the year 2020. We are believing God for more grace. We are believing God for His mercy. We are believing God for more knowledge. We are believing God for more truth that we will live and that we will share with you also. God bless you for being around. Keep inviting your friends. We really, really appreciate your presence. Remember to give God your best. And to make sure the 